It's time for Real Talk with Brian and Dan, the weekly talk radio show dedicated to discussing important real estate topics, plus insight into the local community. With a combined experience of over 50 years as local real estate brokers from the Eastside Real Estate Team at Keller Williams Realty Bellevue. Here's your hosts, Brian Levitt and Dan Edwards. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 KKNW. It is Wednesday, September 20, uh, 25th. Happy first day of uh, first week of fall, Brian. Did you know it's fall yeah, officially? It is. Yeah. It's not like it a little early this year, but yeah. Hey, here no it Indian is. summer or anything yeah, like no. that. Well, yeah. that's all right. We'll do great. Hey, we appreciate everybody listening to our show. If you are interested, you can download our podcasts on all the spots where podcasts are casted. So iPodcast, ePodcast, B Podcasts, tune in, wherever, all those, wherever they are. Wherever they're potted. Yeah. Do you use a podcast app, Brian? I do. Which one? I don't remember. I just <laughs> right. click on podcast, podcast and go. Google it and boom, yeah. click yeah. in there. Google has a podcast one that I like using. Nice. So, yeah. Anyhow, today we have a great show. We've got Mike Markert. CPA with uh, Mike Market CPA and uh, Grant Monson of Altera Advisors. But of course, before we get started with our guests, we've got some time for real talk. Yes, we do. Today, we're going to discuss what new home buyers need to know about HOAs. That's homeowners associations. When searching for a home, you may end up selecting a property in a community with the homeowners association. Before you buy, it's important to know how an HOA works and what they mean for you. Simply put, an HOA ensures that your community looks its best and functions smoothly. Yeah, I think it's important, Brian, when, uh, you know, kind of going over the HOA portion of uh, purchasing a home is there are homes that are parts of HOAs and there are condos that are part of HOAs. Right. A little different on each one, right? Correct. Um, the HOA is governed by a board nominated by those living in a neighborhood. It's designed to make sure that rev- residents have support, structure, Uh, They maintain the value of the community while abiding by set guidelines, like painting a home a certain color, right? That's one thing. Right, right. Making sure, some HOAs will have lawn restrictions, like what you can do in the front. Mm -hmm. And so what we're talking about there, Brian, is the the, uh, HOAs that are a part of a housing community. Right. Um, How common would you say that is on the east side? I'd say it's pretty common. A lot of the older neighborhoods don't have them or they've uh, stopped uh, functioning, you know, which there's times when people just... Don't care anymore, right? So, so, where would where would somebody find out whether or not their house is in a HOA governed uh, yeah, community? That's disclosed uh, in the listing. So, when we're showing buyers, we always tell them if there is an HOA that governs the property and if it's an active HOA. Right. So, now, is there a difference between HOA and CCNRs or covenants? The CCNRs are a governing document that explain the rules. You know, kind of you think of it as is like the bylaws that, uh, uh, but CCNRs, covenants, codes, and restrictions. Pretty much outline what you can and can't do and what the consequences are. And HOAs vary so much. I've got a rental in an HOA that's super strict, which um, as a uh, as an owner, I like because it really maintains the quality of the neighborhood. So what do you mean they're strict? Well, an example is if you uh, leave your garbage can out overnight after it's picked up, you're going to get a, a get letter. Fined. You're going to get fined if you don't correct it immediately. Oh, I see. And, um, it, you know, personally, I wouldn't want to live there. But I like the fact that I've got a rental there that's really well maintained. <laughs> that, there you go. Yeah. So it's about maintaining the value. Yeah. A lot of people are like, well, I want to buy a house. I want to do what I want to do wherever I want to do it. Right. Well, that's true in some cases, but that people want to try and maintain some kind of congruency. Yeah. Well, and here's something, too, is as a buyer, you can request a copy of the HOA minutes and look and see, are they finding people? Are they 
Because you can request records to know what the temperament is of the HOA. See if it's Machiavellian. Yeah. Did I yeah. say that? Yeah. That's yeah. a hard word to say. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because, yeah. you know, sometimes you get into a place and maybe it's not the comfort level that you're with. Right. And, you know, one way to definitely determine is through the HOA. So here's an interesting statistic, Brian, is according to a Realtor.com article, more and more people are becoming part of an HOA. It says since the 1970s, it was uh, 1%. Now it's about 25% um, that are actually homes and people living in HOA communities. Yeah. Well, they do, they do protect the uh, quality of the neighborhood by having those guidelines. So there is a plus. But for me, it's like I have chickens, and most HOAs don't like people With chickens? having barnyards <laughs> in their backyards. Well. And, you know, and, and uh, so I like living in a place where it's uh, pretty low-key. Yeah. But that also means that there's times when I've had neighbors that uh, aren't maintaining their properties particularly well. Right. So, so tell me about uh, the differences. So what about a condo with an HOA? And the differences yeah. between various condos with HOAs. Um, the unique thing with condos is you typically have common areas. Most like um, single-family homes with HOAs, there might be very limited common area. Mm-hmm. But condos tend to have much more common area: parking lots, entrances, you know, clubhouses, swimming pools, and so part of secure the HOA, features, right? right yeah, part of that is paying for the maintenance. So your HOA dues will cover the maintenance of those common areas. You know, a common complaint that I will get from folks that are looking sometimes for their first time home is they're like, I don't want to, what, this is extra wasted money. Why do I want to yeah. spend this extra oh, money? Oh my, I did a market analysis for a client recently that has a HOA that's in free fall. The, uh, there's a number of owners that are friends that basically took over the board ah. and have eliminated homeowners dues. That sounds great, right? Because their no. dues normally were, yeah. you know, three, four hundred bucks a yeah. month. They're down to like less than a hundred bucks a month. How's the complex? It's good now, but it's going to be in decline. Right. And because so it... what's going to happen is I think, number one, they're opening themselves up for liability. They're going to get sued by somebody because what's happening is over time, there's not going to be reserve funds to pay when the roof needs change to be the roof, repaired. Change the windows. Yeah. There's yeah. no money in there. Yeah, that's and silly. So I think it's very short-sighted. So how does a buyer protect themselves from uh, buying into a, a location where the HOA may be in danger? Dan, such a good question. I know. Under uh, <laughs> um, Washington law, a buyer buying into a condo uh, receives what's called, if it's, a, if it's a resale condo, they receive a resale certificate. If it's new, they receive what's called a public offering statement. Um, the, the state law requires the seller to deliver these documents. If the seller doesn't, the buyer has options to terminate the transaction. What are these documents? Um, it's it's all the meeting minutes, the financial statements, any studies that have been done to determine um, if the reserves, like reserve studies. You get are, a peek into oh gosh, the quality yeah. of how mm-hmm. well it's managed. And often this is a two or three hundred page document yeah. that um, I... Uh, like to encourage people to read every page. They don't do it, but I, I, I go <laughs> They do the have a summary and have the highlights. They have the summary. Yep. And read the financial statements. An example, I mentioned the condo where they're not collecting enough money. You know, uh, um, it'd be really easy to look at that and say, wow, they don't have reserves. A uh, healthy condo, often I'll see two, $300,000 in reserve accounts. Yeah, the, the way I like to think about the, f- the financial commitment for a buyer is they're getting the value in, the, in having a payment plan for future right. 
deferred maintenance. Right. That if you were owning a home, you'd be paying for garbage disposal, you'd be paying for the roof, the gutters when they needed it. Right. So you're kind of doing this in advance. Sometimes you recognize the value because you're going to stay in the place for years, and other times it's just future value that keeps that future value. So when it's time for the buyer to buy right. the property, it's going to be in good shape. And the consequence, too, is is a seller in a poorly run HOA, a seller is often stuck with a huge assessment to catch up those funds. And trust me, buyers don't like paying for uh, funds that should have been in the account already. Now, a buyer buying in a uh, um, single-family type HOA can request all those documents as well. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of benefits, obviously relying on a great real estate agent to help you sort through that. That's why we're here. So if you have any questions about your HOA, about buying a home or a condo that's in an HOA, feel free to reach out to the Eastside Real Estate team. Perfect. After our break, we'll be talking to our guest for the week. First up will be Mike Markert with Mike Markert CPA, who will be discussing taxes Yay. and accounting, <laughs> resolving, uh, resolving issues, how, and going forward. We'll be right back. Be right back. Not sure if now is the right time to sell? Worried you missed the market? The Eastside Real Estate Team specializes in helping homeowners maximize their equity when selling. With our proven premier listing service, our clients have sold their homes for more money in less time than the competition. We know you have many choices when working with a real estate agent, but with the Eastside Real Estate Team, you get a team of highly qualified, experienced agents. From staging to deciding if your property is market ready for top dollar. If you're considering selling, call the Eastside Real Estate Team at 425-200-4093 or check out our website at theeastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Have you received an IRS notice assessing more taxes and penalties? Our firm resolves IRS notice issues. We will work with you and the IRS to resolve in a timely manner, avoiding further penalties and interest and or bringing the matter to a close without penalties and interest. We have 360 degrees experience in this area, having been a CPA for over 25 years. Email us now at mike at marketcpa.com or call 425-445-2546. Our website is www.marketcpa.com. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. It's now time for our Mortgage Moment segment. During this segment, we get a quick update on the lending side of the home buying process. Today, we're talking to Michael Burdick, a loan consultant with Loan Depot, who has been serving borrows for, at a very high level for 10 years. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Doing good. So we talk about first-time home buyer options often, but how do people buy a new home when they have a home to sell? That is a good question, and it's probably one of the most common questions I get. And I know it's a topic you guys have probably discussed because you're always talking about, you know, selling homes and buying homes. But looking at it on, on the mortgage side, you know, we have to see what we can qualify people for. And, um, you know, if, if they currently have a house and they want to buy another we got to get creative sometimes and figure out how to do that. Um, I mean, the, the easiest option is to sell first um, and then go rent something. Um, right. And then they get the home. other easy. Yep, it, the other easy option would be yep. to uh, to qualify for both. 
So, um, you know, if you're going to buy a house, but you already own one, we got to hit you with both payments. And if you can qualify for both of them, then you can sell that one um, later, you know, your departure residence later and, and not worry about moving twice. Um, now, how, how often do you get that scenario versus the first scenario where they sell to person? What would you say the, the percentage? It's not very common that people can qualify for two homes. Right. Um, you know, and usually when somebody is selling a home, it's they're wanting to move up. And a lot of times what that means is they want a bigger loan or a bigger house because, you know, their family's needs have changed. They need more bedrooms, whatever the case might be. Um, but sometimes, you know, it, I, I do see it where, you know, you have a maybe an older client that's lived in their house for a, a number of years and maybe that house is close to paid off and, uh, their mortgage is pretty small on it. So in that case, they can purchase a new home um, and qualify for both and then sell that departure afterwards. And one thing that I really like, which is, is kind of an option that I've been pitching a lot for this people in this scenario, is once they've sold their house after closing of, of the new home, we can take those proceeds and apply it to their principal balance and do what's called a recast, where we're re-amortizing the payment on the new balance after putting the lump sum down. So it's, so it's not, it's a, not refi. a refinance. They don't need an appraisal. It's, it's just lowering that payment on the new balance. Okay, so recasting would be uh, basically, in, in this scenario, it's because they sold the, the home. But can anybody recast a loan in a certain time period? It's a good question. It depends on the type of loan that we're doing. So this would be, you know, the most common... Uh, loans that are approved on doing this is a conventional loan. So if you're FHA, VA, jumbo loan, you're going to have to talk to your lender and see what options gotcha. there are for it. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good option for people that are in this kind of scenario, which is a lot of people. So so before we run out of time, what about the option of renting out the, uh, you know, the first home? When can they use that income, that rental income um, to qualify? Uh, a very good point and a, a good question. So, um, as long as we have a signed lease prior to closing on the new house, we can use that income, uh, that, that rental income to offset that mortgage payment. So that's a, a good uh, option there. All of it or just a percentage of it? Typically, they'll hit you with 25%. So you can use 75% uh, as qualify. the vacancy factor. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And that's a way that somebody can kind of step into um, investment if, if they wanted to do it, you know, if it makes good sense. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, that's a good point. On a new purchase, we can use rental income to qualify as well. So. All right. So how are we on rates right now? What's going on with that? And, and uh, wrap it up with uh, what people can expect over the next couple of weeks. So, you know, rates have kind of gone up a little bit, but they're still very good. I mean, if, if you walked in a mortgage over the last two years, they're probably better than what you currently locked. Now, if that's does that mean you, it's worth refinancing? It just depends on how, how your current rate is. But um, if you were one of the lucky ones that walked in early July to mid-July, you, you got some of the best rates I've seen since I can remember, remember really. Um, mm, nice. As far as where that those rates are going to go, I mean, there's so much in the air. It's an election year. The, the trade air. wars, there's, there's, there's no crystal ball. So <laughs> we'll see what happens in the next year. And they're either going to go up or go down, one awesome. of those. Awesome. So bottom line is if you uh, are curious about what's going on with your mortgage and whether or not you can qualify, reach out to uh, Mike, um, 
Michael Burdick. And we have another Michael in here, so through me. Um, <laughs> uh, with Lone Depot, Two you mics. can Google him. Mike, thanks for coming on today. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. After the break, we'll be uh, joined by Mark Mike Markert of Mike Markert CPA. Come on back after the break. Did you know when you pay rent, you're actually paying someone else's mortgage? Are you tired of missing out on owning your own home? Fact, homeowners on average have 40 times the financial net worth of renters. The Eastside Real Estate Team has been helping many first-time homebuyers find and buy their first home. They specialize in customer service and put you first. They listen first to what you're looking for and then they take the time to make sure their clients understand every aspect of the home buying process. If owning a home has been your dream, the Eastside Real Estate Team can help you. For a free, no-hassle consultation, call 425-200-4093 or find them online at the Eastside Real Estate Team.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Have you received an IRS notice assessing more taxes and penalties? Our firm resolves IRS notice issues. We will work with you and the IRS to resolve in a timely manner, avoiding further penalties and interest and or bringing the matter to a close without penalties and interest. We have 360 degrees experience in this area, having been a CPA for over 25 years. Email us now at mike at marketcpa.com or call 425-445-2546. Our website is www.marketcpa.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150 KKNW. Welcome back to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 KKNW. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. And our first guest today is Mike Markert with Mike Markert CPA. Mike provides personalized service and guidance in a wide range of financial and business needs, including tax management, CFO services, accounting, computer consulting, and financial planning related areas. His client base consists of privately held businesses and their owners, independent professionals, trusts, and individuals. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks a lot, Dan. Thanks for having me. No, I appreciate uh, you coming on. We had a lot, a lot of questions, okay, about CPAs. Brian Brian and I get them all the time, so we've got a bunch of questions for you. But before we get into that, what are some of your hobbies and interests? What do you do when you're not crunching numbers or counting beans? You're not CPA. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm writing my uh, my golf um, score. My, when I, I love the golf. Okay. Yeah, trying to, trying to lower my you handicap. You said writing your score, so that mean, well, must mean you, you... Well, I always carry an eraser uh-huh. when <laughs> I'm sure golfing. You <laughs> sure you do. Yeah. Any, anyway, I like to, like to golf and, and travel internationally and wine taste with friends. Wine taste with friends. Yes, I've, I've tasted wine with you before. Delicious. <laughs> yeah, where do you like to wine taste? What's your favorite region? Um, I don't have, well, I don't have a region. We belong to a number of wine uh, wine companies. Wine clubs. Uh, Janik is a favorite. I'll yeah. put a plug in there for, and JM Cellars. Mm. Um, nice. they're very good. So, um, Walla Walla, there, there's no bad wines in Walla Walla. Yeah. So we like to ask each guest to share with us a fond memory of the home that you grew up in. Ooh, so I grew up in Moorhead, Minnesota, across the river from Fargo, North Dakota. Remember uh-huh. the movie Fargo? Oh, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, the yes. wood chipper, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wood okay, chipper. we all remember that. Yeah. So, a vivid memory memory of mine is is uh, in a winter storm, um, you know, like forty below, and we had single pane windows, oh. and I could actually see the single pane window, you know, 
vibrate back and forth in the, in the storm. Anyway, I just remember oh, it wow. just popped on by. That's a negative memory. You know, a positive memory uh, in the neighborhood. We had a, um, an empty lot down the street, mm-hmm. and all the guys and some of the gals, we'd go over there and, and, and we'd uh, make a ball field out of it. Play we'd, baseball. We'd cut, nice. Yeah, we'd cut the grass, and, you know, just, you know, just like Iowa. Oh, that's good. If they build days. it, they will come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, so we have, you know, we kind of put this out there. We're going to have this tax expert CPA on the show. And so we put out some uh, feelers. And so we got some really got good some questions. questions for you. Okay. So I hope you got your, uh, what is it, that visor on? Yeah, right? I, okay. I got it. It's green. It's green, green visor. visor. <laughs> he does have a green visor. That's no joke. <laughs> so when, t- when considering, uh, th- there's a lot of liability. So let's say I've sold my primary residence. Do I have to pay capital gains? Well, I always, it, it depends. That's what I always start oh out with, with clients. It always <laughs> depends. So so if you sell your personal residence and you live it two out of the last five years, mm-hmm. you, you may be eligible uh, for up to a $500,000 capital gain exemption. Um, so basically it breaks down to the selling price, less less the selling cost. You know, you got to pay the commissions of the real estate guy. Yep. And of course the excise tax of the state of Washington. All right. Yep. Then, then you subtract your tax basis. And then you subtract the, the uh, uh, capital gain exemption. And what, what's left is either a gain or a loss. And if it is a gain, you have to pay taxes on it. Uncle Sam wants the money. But if it's a loss, it is a loss, uh, and, and you're not able to claim it Uncle on your Sam tax Uncle Sam pays return. you back? Oh, no. 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 no we <laughs> we, we have to talk to our congressman about, about that. that. Yeah, yeah, we get a rebate, right? Yeah. So yeah. you pay at the capital gains rate, though. Is that yeah, you pay, yeah, you pay at the capital gains rate, 15%. If your taxable uh, income is uh, four less than four hundred thousand dollars, if it's more than four hundred thousand dollars filing married jointly, you're at a twenty four percent rate. Gotcha. Okay. So questions from our our uh, fan base. I sold my vacation home. Do I have a taxable capital gain? Ha! Huh. It depends. depends. I knew. Uh, good answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So give us some of the variables. <laughs> okay. So uh, when you sell your vacation home, yes, you you will have a capital gain if you go through the uh, the equation I, I just discussed earlier: sell price, you know, less the co- less the selling costs, mm-hmm. less the tax basis, and if there is a gain, you pay tax on it. Uh, there is no capital gain exemption with a vacation home or a second home. No, if that were used as an as a, an income property at some level, would there be tax implications for that? There would. So many people doing the Airbnb, Airbnb. and such, mm-hmm. if they put it into rental service. So that's that's a different gig. Yeah. Um, because that's that. a hybrid, right? It's a vacation. Yeah, it's home. it's a hybrid, and, yeah. and that really depends. So sometimes uh, you can you can claim you can claim depreciation against it. Um, yeah. I would. It, it all depends upon the circumstances whether we would claim depreciation on it. I guess. So I guess it depends. It depends. Yeah, yeah. it depends. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Standard answer. Boxers okay. or briefs. Uh, depends. <laughs> <laughs> I had a joke in that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, here's a question from one of our listeners. The home I inherited from my parents, we're going to sell. Will I have a taxable gain? It depends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we thought that might be the case. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, some of the circumstances that, that, that you go through when you in, inherit a, a property, um, the most important thing is you need to have a real estate valuation, um, at, and it's based on the, the date of the individual's passing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So who may do that valuation? Um, you could have a, have a real estate agent do a real estate comp for you. Okay. Yep. Okay. And that's acceptable. Or, or you could hire somebody and act- do an actual sure. valuation. Okay. That's my real appraisal. question is, is can people turn to us to help them with that? 
to, you know, as licensed real estate brokers. Yes. They can. Good. Yep. Yep. You bet. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's what yeah. we can do. So, so if, you know, if you inherit a property, you get the valuation and, and typically, um, uh, if you hang on to it for three or four years, then, then once again, it's a selling price, less the valuation, then you may have a gain or a loss. Okay. So, um, the, the, uh, it, the, the value of the property at the time of death, does it, does the basis adjust to that or is that something different? No, the base, the, the tax basis of the property is the basis at her passing or okay. at his passing. Yes. Okay. So that's a little different than if they were to sell it before passing away. Correct. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I have a rental property, but my CPA says I am unable to claim the rental loss. Why is that? Oh, gee, and I run into it this. It depends. Uh, yeah, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> so I get I get new a new client coming on board, and and um, yeah, they just bought this rental property, and it's a loss, and and um, uh, the previous year they're able to to claim the loss, but all of a sudden Amazon hired them, and and their income is over the hundred and fifty thousand uh. dollar threshold. Ah, you know, so they're unable to deduct a rental property loss if their gross gross income is over the hundred and fifty thousand dollar threshold. Hmm. Okay. All right. Very complicated stuff here. Okay, here's one that's kind of a hybrid of a previous question. It said, I'm selling my principal residence and would like to roll the gain or avoid paying the capital gains taxes by rolling it into my new principal residence. How can I do that? You know, I I get that question a number of times. You know, people are, you know, they're they're really being creative when they're trying to reduce taxes or or escape taxes. Well, wasn't there, before the present law, wasn't there a deal where you could roll into your new home? Wasn't that the prior? The prior that was before that was that, that, a good question. Um, that law changed, I think, in two thousand six. The yeah. way that law uh-huh. read was, uh, you had if you bought your or if you sold your home, principal, principal residence, right. and you had a gain, <clears throat> and you purchased a new principal residence within a two year period, you wouldn't have to pay capital gains on it. Right. Well, that went away in. 07 or 08, oh, yeah. the new law being if you lived in the house two years out of the last mm-hmm. five before you sell it, then you could claim the capital gain exemption. I think people still think in terms of that old law, partially because real estate transactions are you know, typically- Stepping stones. Yeah, five to seven, 10 years apart. So they're still in that mindset sometimes. Yeah, so, that, yeah. yeah that, that's, a, that's a good question. And, and now, nowadays we have a number of um, mature clients that have been in the home for 30 or 40 years and they're selling their home and and they don't know where what the new tax law is and and they right. bring that up well if i buy a new you know a new home within that two-year period do i have to can i escape paying capital gain taxes nope, nope. laws change nope. yep. so so basically you still have to pay t- capital gains you can't roll it into your future home yeah you can't roll but it but you've got up to that five hundred thousand dollar exemption exemption that's ah. kind of sweet yeah. but one other thing that does come up in uh, my and as a like-kind exchange yeah, a couple oh, okay. of my clients have... 1031 exchange, 1031 right? exchange, <laughs> and, a, and a personal residence does not qualify it do as, a, right, as right. a like-kind exchange. So, I'm gifting the down payment to my daughter and family to allow them to purchase a personal residence. Is the gift taxable? No, it is not taxable. It's just reportable. So, that's that's the good news. That is good news. Reportable. Reportable What's to the, the IRS. If, if it's more than uh, oh, I see. 14000 $14, $14, dollars a year, you have to report to the IRS, but they they just say okay, but not tax you on it. Not taxable, and and Grant may expand on that, yeah. or Grant's the guy to talk to, if, uh, if it is a large gift. Okay, because it may become taxable later. 
Yeah, which is Grant. why we kind of had these guys in together because uh, uh, Grant will expound on some of this stuff a little later. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, very good. Um, oh, here's a question. Uh, the new home I purchased has a mortgage of 900000 Is all the mortgage interest deductible? It depends. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> well, that's a surprise. <laughs> so, uh, so, so if, the, if the mortgage balance was $900,000 uh, at the end of 2017, all the, mortgage, all the mortgage interest would be deductible in, in 2018 under the new tax laws. Okay. But if you purchased the home in 2018 and it had a mortgage value, value of $900,000, um, only $750,000 of the interest uh, would be deductible, up to the $750,000. So anything before uh, uh, December 31st, 2017, anything before that? Is fully deductible, up to a million dollars. Million dollars. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Okay. And then it went to seven fifty. Then it went to seven fifty. Okay. I see. So what is the rule to be able to deduct a rental loss if your income doesn't qualify and you're not a real estate professional? Huh. I guess that's an active versus passive question. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Well, you know, um, so if you're not a real estate professional, I go back to the previous question. Um, uh, if your gross income is over uh, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Then you're not going to be able to, to make that make that take that Rental loss deduction. Mm-hmm. However, if if you material materially participate in the in the rental property, you can deduct the loss. But what does materially participate like? Walk in the front door? No. <laughs> <laughs> make ma- make the make it better. Uh, make make the dis- you're in the daily decision process ma- uh, of renting rent, renting it and, oh. and dealing with the property. Okay. So that's material participating. That's kind of a good advantage for real estate agents. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Some of us use that. Hmm. Definitely. All right. What other questions do I have? We have a few minutes left. Okay. Here's one. Do I have to file a state tax return for rental property outside of the state of Washington? Yeah. Yes. There's no getting around it. In, in, the, in the state of Oregon, if you have a rental property in the state of Oregon or the state of Idaho or the state of California or you live in Washington, you have to file a state return. Ah, whether, whether for a personal state return, a, a personal state tax, income return tax return for the, for the state, state income of, tax return. state of uh, Idaho and the state of Oregon. Yes, yep. you do. And ah. California, and California We've got rentals there. And uh, guess what? You know, there it is. That's interesting. Yep. So when someone passes away, what are steps to take to secure proper taxation going forward? Well, the first step is is the the valuation of the assets. Now you got you know, we talked about right. that earlier. Right. You know, typically the most valuable asset of a uh, of a uh, somebody passing away is their house, their real, you know, their personal residence. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you should get a valuation on that as soon as possible, um, so that they get this a stepped-up basis, which is what we talked about before, to the mm-hmm. to the valuation of the date of death. Um, so and 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 if there are stocks involved, the um, the broker would be able to ha- handle that and, t- and mm-hmm. take a stepped-up basis to the date of death. Well, that stepped-up so. basis is a big deal. It is a big it, deal, especially in this market with the. The high appreciation we've had, that is huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and, and one reason why, and, and we've, I've discussed this with in tax planning with a number of clients. So uh, a client wants to gift, gift the, some property, assets, typically a house or rental house, before she passes away. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, if, if that happens, then, yep. they, the, then the, uh, the, the sibling will get the basis of the, uh, of the owner, the, of the right. donor. Right, right. And, so not, the, and they won't get the basis. They won't get the advantage of the step up. So the the advantage there is just to put a will in place, right? Put, put a that will in place. That basically does it after death, 
that way they take advantage of the, the positive outcome there with regards to the basis adjustment. Yes. So to make this crystal clear for our listeners, or at least I hope so, I had a recent transaction, um, Bellevue, the parents paid $37,000 and waited till transfer till they passed. The new basis was 750000 So if I'm understanding this correctly, if they had, had uh, deeded the property to the family, to the kids, at the 37 value, they would owe taxes on the difference, uh, you know, the 37 versus the 750 versus waiting till after they pass. So there's no capital gains or little. Very little. Is that, is that correct? If I understand. So, so if, if they, um, if they took possession of the property after they passed, right. The value tax base was to be $750,000. So that would virtually eliminate that capital gain versus. Yes. Deeding it to them. Well, y- yes and no. It depends. Okay, <laughs> I'm not surprised. And and this, you guys know the market. Yeah. So right. let, let's say that that house, uh, they hold on to it for, um, let's say one year, and they sell it. They sell it for a million bucks. Right. Oh, okay. sure. Yeah. So then, They're then you got yeah. potential two hundred fifty. Well, this yes. situation, the, yeah. the two hundred fifty thousand dollar potential capital gain took possession of the home immediately, turned around and sold it. Yeah. And so oh, that, that probably no, no capital gain. Yeah. Well, right. Mike, we have many, many more questions. And here's what I love about uh, this conversation. And I hope our listeners get an opportunity. If you have any questions, Mike is somebody that I've known for many years, uh, eight, nine, ten years, I think. Yeah. And um, I've, I've always gotten great feedback from anybody I referred him to. He does my own taxes. He does my corporate taxes. And very insightful, right? I mean, to be able to have these questions and we're rapid firing and you boom, right there. So um, that's about all the time we have for that segment. But thank you for coming in, Mike. Thank you very much, Dan and Brian. After the break, we have in studio Grant Monson with Altera Advisors, who will be discussing how your wealth matters. Not sure if now is the right time to sell? Worried you missed the market? The Eastside Real Estate Team specializes in helping homeowners maximize their equity when selling. With our proven premier listing service, our clients have sold their homes for more money in less time than the competition. We know you have many choices when working with a real estate agent, but with the Eastside Real Estate Team, you get a team of highly qualified, experienced agents. From staging to deciding if your property is market ready for top dollar, if you're considering selling, call the Eastside Real Estate Team at 425 425- 200-4093 or check out our website at the eastsiderealestateteam.com a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue Have you ever had the feeling that home repairs are taking over your life? With our busy schedules, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. There are many things that can go wrong with the home and often they seem to happen at once When home ownership starts to feel unmanageable, that's the time to reach out for help It's definitely not the time to ignore issues or perform a half-hearted fix. That only results in larger repair costs down the road. Take action to protect your home by contacting Done to Spec. They work closely with homeowners to explore issues, identify solutions, and correct problems before they snowball into something bigger. You can find them online at donetospec.com, and they're available by phone at 425-996-9559. That's 425-996-9559. Done to spec. Prompt, reliable, professional. Ever dreamt of creating a custom piece of jewelry but don't know where to start? 
Do you have out-of-date, broken, or inherited jewelry you never wear? Maybe you're planning to pop the question but feel overwhelmed with options. No matter your dilemma, experience the difference of working with a personal jeweler at Dynamic Designs. Bring us your ideas, inspirations, or even your old jewelry to restore or repurpose. We work with your style and budget to create a design that you will cherish forever. We carry a vast selection of men's and women's jewelry. Check out Dynamic Design's countless five-star reviews to see why customers prefer our concierge service in a relaxed Kirkland showroom. Call today for a free consultation, 425-827-7722. Let Dynamic Designs help you create jewelry memories that last a lifetime. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 KKNW. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. Our next guest is Grant Monson with Altera Advisors. Grant grew up on a working wheat farm in eastern Washington. Today, he credits his family, who still manage the farm, for preparing him to build a business serving others. His vision to lead Altera is built on relentless dedication to the success of his clients and the team, his extended family. Grant earned a bachelor's degree in business and a master's in economics at Washington State University and is a certified financial planner. He launched his own financial advising practice over a decade ago. An entrepreneurial quest has become one of the most impactful things in Grant's life. He loves coordinating the complex financial lives of families and business owners, bringing a depth of understanding that is rooted in his family's own experience. Welcome to the show, Grant. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, thank you for being here, and tell us a bit about yourself. What do you do for hobbies? What do you do for fun? Oh, man. Um, so uh, I would say if I uh, sectioned it off, my winter hobby is definitely focused more on skiing. Uh-huh. Nice. Um, and then when the snow melts, <coughs> uh, my most recent hobby that I took up this year was uh, mountain biking, and that's been a, a pretty great quest, and I've realized that uh, – if you're going to live in the Northwest, it's something you should really consider. It's a, it's a, it's a, a vast playland out there. That's a Where lots of trails. Where do you like Absolutely. to go? Yeah. Um, usually out in the Fall City and Snoqualmie area. Duthie uh, Hill is out there, right? Yeah, Duthie Hill's out there and Raging River, and there's there's a lot of good stuff out there, and it's pretty amazing. So tell me, uh, Grant, how does a football team score over sixty points yet still lose a game? <laughs> yeah, inquiring <laughs> minds. <laughs> Sorry, I had to stick that in there, but oh my goodness, I turned off, I watched the show, I came back, I was like, wait a minute, they're going to lose this game. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, I um, <laughs> I got nothing to say there. That is the true definition of cooging it. Cooging it. Cooging I mean, it. they are leading I mean, yeah. leading the world in cooging it. If you need a, you know, just go back and watch Saturday's game. It might take, I think that was like a four or five hour game. It was wow. incredible. All right, all right, enough about giving you a hard time. Sorry about that. So this is a show about homes, and we like to ask about fond members growing up. So if you could share something you remember from your childhood. Okay, so I, uh, I grew up in a town, a metropolis of <laughs> dusty Washington. Yeah. <laughs> dusty. This is a junction. That's the name of the That's town? That's a real place? This is a real place. Dusty? Oh, wow. Dusty. This is a real place. So oh, this, we thought you were joking. Like, no, this, yeah. no. This is a junction that many of you have maybe have driven through, but if you blinked, you'd miss it. There's a couple <laughs> homes and an old co-op there. And uh, it does live up to its name. It's extremely dirty. <laughs> There's a lot of dust. It's very dry out there. And so I grew up out there um, um, on a farm there. And uh, um, from my age 11 forward, my, my family built a house there out on, on some of the land we farm. And uh, if you haven't been to the Palouse country, you got to go. It's, uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. And one of the things, a fond memory of our house was uh, 
is in the summertime, the sun would set over the hill, and we could be out on the deck. And uh, over there, you don't want to be in the sun in the in the summertime. It's right. too hot. And so it great Middle shade of the over day. the deck. You could sit out at the deck after a long day of work, and you could see the sun setting down, uh, s- settling over the hills. They're bright golden color, and the smell of, like, harvest and oh, yeah. all that stuff. There's nothing like it. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, that's just a fond memory. That's pretty cool. That's great. That's awesome. So Altera offers a wide array of financial planning services, wealth management, business and insurance planning, legacy planning, and more. What would you say is the common thread that creates the most value for your clients? Yeah, so I would say there's a couple things. Um, one would be uh, beginning with the end in mind. Um, hmm. I think that's really important in um, mapping out and managing one's finances is knowing where you're going. You wouldn't want to get on a plane and head over to New York today if you knew the pilot had no flight plan. Right. Because if they get off even two degrees and not make any adjustments, you're mm. going to end up in North Carolina. And so that's the same thing with the finances is um, knowing where you're going is a big part of it. And then number two would be coordination. One of the big values that I think can often get missed is a lack of coordination amongst your finances. And through our financial planning approaches, we're able to pull together and help coordinate the various functions of uh, a person's financial life, you know, their debt, their real estate, their business, um, working with professionals like Mike on their tax situation Uh and attorneys on their estate and legacy. And when you move your left hand in finances, it's going to affect the right hand. And so having um, a professional be able to look at that layout and have experience in planning is going to bring a lot of value and create a much more efficient outcome. So a lot of people, um, like realtors, right? People know a realtor, everybody is a realtor. Oh, yeah, I've got a friend who's a realtor. That's the same thing in, in sometimes in financial planning. So how is, how is your philosophy different than some of the other firms out there? Well, um, I think a big differentiator is um, is – really the approach of helping people align their wealth with their values versus the other way around. And uh, let me give you an example of that. Um, There's actually a a case that I'm talking about tomorrow, and it's of a a family, um, a family that runs a a manufacturing business, and they had three sons. And the two sons ran the company with with the family, and the third son um, was a dentist down in California. And, uh, and so the desire of the family was for to keep the business in the family Uh and make sure that all three of the kids were treated equally at the time of the passing of the state. Pretty standard stuff. Right. The attorney did some great work, put a will in place, divided it three ways, and everything looks pretty good. Except for they didn't really have good understanding of what the values were in that family and so that actually was a catastrophe because when that transferred, huh. the two sons are running the business. We're now in business with, with their, the other. You got oh. it. Right. It was not well thought out. <clears throat> the, the professionals did not understand the values of what that family wanted and right. didn't create a good strategic plan to make this happen right. So the parents went in there to get the plan thinking this could be equitable. Yep. Without really kind of understanding, the, like you said, the end in mind, which would be a, an equitable situation that allowed the third son to get compensated for, for the, their estate, but not be involved in the business that he had no desire or ability to be involved in. You got it. Wow, and cool. uh, it, it, makes a, it makes for a real problem. And so on paper, it looks good. We got this great will. We got these great financial tools, if mm-hmm. you will. We're going to put it in place for this family and they'll be fine, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. And so now you have two brothers working 
all of their life trying to buy, rebuy the company from back. the third heir back that the family already owned. Because he has a, a 33% share in a company, yeah. which means he has a say and all that. Yeah. Stuff. So imagine so. your business, Dan, and I got to take 33% of the profits out of it every year for no contribution. Wow. How no would you thanks. feel? I would not be happy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so with, uh, again, with coordinating the finances, beginning with the end in mind, creating a strategic plan, we're able to take a situation like that to allow the company to stay in the hands of the two people that are actually running it mm-hmm. and also make an equitable distribution to the other um, heir as well gotcha. um, through some different strategies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes a bigger impact. And now the family is not fighting. They stay together and move forward. Wow. Interesting. So, Grant, what are the top three questions a person should ask an advisor when interviewing them? Uh, I say number one would be, what services do you provide? So there's a lot of differences in advisors out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really feel for the consumer because it's very hard to understand. Because there's got, a lot of difference. Between. There's a huge <clears throat> difference. There's, there's people that are um, like our firm that's very coordinated, full, comprehensive financial planning approach. And then there's single-focused uh, advisors that just focus on investments mm-hmm. or just on insurances mm-hmm. or, or that. And they don't provide planning, but sometimes people think they're getting that. And so it's really important to know what you're asking for. Um, number two is you got to know um, how do you, how do you uh, get paid? How do we pay you? So mm-hmm. advisors can be paid um, for fees for consulting, fees for managing wealth. Um, and they also, depending on their structure, can have um, commissions from different um, insurance products or things like that. And uh, there needs to be a lot of transparency and understanding so you know how they're being compensated. Cool. Um, what about, you know, everybody's talking about how volatile the stock market is today. Talks about a recession. We've had conversations on here where we think mm-hmm. things might be headed or not. Um, what should investors be expecting? So uh, we are, uh, we're, we're late in the market cycle. Um, so, um, market cycles are normal, um, believe it or not. Um, and I'll even say recessions are normal. Um, so we're late in the market cycle. Things are mature. Um, so, uh, we are not in a recession. There's been a lot of stuff in the media about that lately. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's confusing and misleading right now. Um, you know, a, a recession is defined as having two quarters of negative GDP or gross domestic product. That's it. Two quarters. Two quarters. Two, quarters, two calendar quarters. So that doesn't feel like a re- like a recession, right? If we go back and think about the Great Recession, I guess we can call it that or not. That was many. That was many years. Yes, what was it? But I the, don't know. But don't yeah, know. yeah. So it can go longer, but it doesn't get but defined as that until right. that until hit. you hit two month, uh, two quarters, six right. months of uh, a negative GDP. Negative GDP. So GDP is running around two percent plus right now. We've yeah. been almost to three last year. So that's, that's not happening. That's misleading. Um, what we did see, though, is we have some <coughs> indicators, and I would say that you'd be described as, as headwinds that are going to start maybe pushing inverted back. Inverted yield curves. At the so, so inverted yield curve, that was a big scare here a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. or in mid-August. Um, that's an indicator. That does not mean we're in a recession, but it can be an indicator of something to come. Um, we've seen corporate profit rates getting lower, so companies aren't producing as much earnings. So, again, it's that maturing of the cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some issues overseas in Europe and things like that. So we have some headwinds and some risks of building. So I'd say recession risk is rising, but mm-hmm. it's definitely um, we're definitely not there yet. What's the difference between a downturn and a recession? A downturn in like the stock market or a downturn in the economy? Well, I mean, things are talked in boom or recession, right? Isn't there a third 
in between? I mean, that's, you're either booming or you're busting. Is that really the, the, the terminology that we have out there? Yeah, you know, I, I actually, I, I can't say I know. Okay, interesting. Uh, a downturn okay. would probably lead towards a, re- a recession, but it, I, I think people say downturn when they see things slowing or sloughing yeah. off. Right, a downturn. So I think about like the real estate market. Let me just use what I know, right? We have either a buyer's market or a seller's market. Yep. And then we have a balanced market, right? So does that, do those market conditions exist in, in, uh, in the economy? Um, yes, definitely. They're just different. Yeah, it's, it's just a lot. It's just different. There's a lot more variables. Yeah, we could go down a long rabbit hole yes, on we that. Yes, we could. <laughs> what is one piece of financial advice you'd give to everyone? Um, if I had to give one piece of advice that I'd spread across everyone, regardless of their, their status or economic status, I'd say be aware of the financial information you are getting bombarded with every day in the news media. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, it is toxic, and it can really cause and generate a lot of fear and stimulate your emotions to make decisions that are not based actually in. based on good, intelligent mm-hmm. planning. Um, and, uh, and I think it's just really important for people to remember um, that when you're watching the news, they they are not there to intelligently inform you about your situation. They are there to grab your attention so that you'll watch them and get their ratings up. Right. And it's okay. I'm not saying you can't get information there, but it's very uh, emotionally and fear-driven. Right. That's great. Tell us how our listeners reach you. How do they get a hold of you? Uh, best way to reach us would be on our website. That's alteraadvisors.com. Um, again, that's alteradvisors.com. Thank you guys for having me. Brad, thank you so much for coming in today. Hey, we certainly enjoyed the conversation. You're listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan at 1150 KKNW. After the break, we have some more Real Talk, and I, of course, have some great final thoughts. We'll be right back. Did you know when you pay rent, you're actually paying someone else's mortgage? Are you tired of missing out on owning your own home? Fact, homeowners on average have 40 times the financial net worth of renters. The Eastside Real Estate Team has been helping many first-time homebuyers find and buy their first home. They specialize in customer service and put you first. They listen first to what you're looking for, and then they take the time to make sure their clients understand every aspect of the home buying process. If owning a home has been your dream, the Eastside Real Estate Team can help you. For a free, no-hassle consultation, call 425-200-4093 or find them online at the Eastside Real Estate Team.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Have you received an IRS notice assessing more taxes and penalties? Our firm resolves IRS notice issues. We will work with you and the IRS to resolve in a timely manner, avoiding further penalties and interest and or bringing the matter to a close without penalties and interest. We have 360 degrees experience in this area, having been a CPA for over 25 years. Email us now at mike at marketcpa.com or call 425-445-2540. Our website is www.marketcpa.com. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Real Talk. Mike, is your website Mike Market CPA or just Market CPA? Market CPA. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Jeez, I always go to the other one. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Just joking. joking. Hey, uh, great show. We've had some fantastic guests, but we do have some final thoughts, Brian. 
So I wanted to circle back on one thing about HOAs. As most of you know, I've been doing this for, oh gosh, 38 years plus. So far, so good. But uh, what I always tell my clients about HOAs is whether it's a, a good one or bad one, the best way to make sure it's a good one is volunteer. Get on the board. Have a voice in the in the process. They're always looking for people to serve. And uh, it's a good way to meet your neighbors. And if you're on the board, it's a little hard to complain about how, how it's run. Yeah, so, that's true. Um, in my experience, every single client that's taken that advice has been very, very happy with their HOAs. And some who have not, not so much. So it's always about being yeah. part of the solution. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, Anyway, um, Grant, you, you are an Eastside Real Estate Team client, are you not? Yes, that's correct. Would you mind telling us briefly about your experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, I've worked with the Eastside Real Estate Team for man, over 10 years on yeah. several wow. several transactions that we've made. Um, and, uh, you know, there's... There's a there's a lot of good realtors out there, I would say. And I think there's also a lot of my realtor is my dad's best friend mm-hmm. type of situation or my, my brother got into real estate. And I think that's, um, you know, I think that's unfortunate sometimes for the, the real estate industry because people um, don't know how to tell the difference mm. of what's going on. And they think it's uh, something about someone just showing home. So. Um, the reason I bring that up is, is working with the Eastside real estate team um, is, is one is getting um, a higher level of service with people. Um, Dan, who leads the team here, is, uh, is very experienced. Um, one of the top reasons that I um, work with them is uh, his ability to understand the market and negotiate. And I think that's something that's overlooked a lot. Um, what's going into that contract? How is it being presented? How to talk back and forth to the other agents in the transaction is really where they're worth their weight in gold. And um, I, I think that's really valuable. And so I, I encourage anybody to to really pay attention to um, who they're hiring and, and what they're getting for that. And, and maybe it shouldn't just be um, someone you just met that got into business. That's great. Thank you. Hey, and we're talking a lot of gold here. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as we end the show, um, hopefully you all enjoyed the Kirkland Oktoberfest last weekend. Uh, this weekend we've got uh, for the kiddies or, or adults, it doesn't matter. But if you like to have a pumpkin sitting on your front doorstep for the next month, maybe it gets moldy by the 31st, go out this weekend. I don't think they'll get moldy because they're probably quality pumpkins here. Uh, Novelty Hill Farm located in Duval. Uh, the Pickering family owned and operated Novelty Hill Farm since 1884. Originally a dairy farm, they now produce pumpkins, hay, and a variety of vegetables. So celebrate this fall season with family fun. Enjoy pumpkin patch, hay maze, track, trike track. Okay, Brian, for you, the trike track. Corn cribbers, farm critters, and yummy snacks. Novelty Hill Farms starts this September 28th. Um, There's lots of other great U-Pick pumpkin patches. Look them up. Should be fun. Get a pumpkin. So that concludes our show for this week. I want to especially thank our guests, Mike and Grant. Thanks, guys. Taking the time to come in today and speak with us. Mm -hmm. It was a great show. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back for another great show next week. Until then. The haze in the barn. The haze in the barn. The yeah. Frost on the pumpkin. <laughs> frost is on the pumpkin. 